Chapter twenty six of Framley Parsonage by Anthony Trollope. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Nick Whitley, Purley, United Kingdom. Chapter twenty six. Impulsive. I trust my readers will all remember how Puck the pony was beaten during that drive to Hogglestock. It may be presumed that Puck himself on that occasion did not suffer much. His skin was not so soft as Mrs. Robart's heart. The little beast was full of oats and all the good things of this world, and therefore, when the whip touched him, he would dance about and shake his little ears, and run on at a tremendous pace for twenty yards, making his mistress think that he had endured terrible things. But in truth, during those whippings, Puck was not the chief sufferer. Lucy had been forced to declare, forced by the strength of her own feelings, and by the impossibility of assenting to the propriety of a marriage between Lord Lufton and Miss Grantly, she had been forced to declare that she did care about Lord Lufton, as much as though he were her brother. She had said all this to herself, nay, much more than this, very often but now she had said it out loud to her sister-in-law and she knew that what she had said was remembered considered and had to a certain extent become the cause of altered conduct fanny alluded very seldom to the luftons in casual conversation and never spoke about lord lufton unless when her husband made it impossible that she should not speak of him lucy had attempted on more than one occasion to remedy this by talking about the young lord in a laughing and perhaps half jeering way she had been sarcastic as to his hunting and shooting and had boldly attempted to say a word in joke about his love for griselda but she felt that she had failed that she had failed altogether as regarded fanny and that as to her brother she would more probably be the means of opening his eyes than have any effect in keeping them closed so she gave up her efforts and spoke no further word about lord lufton her secret had been told and she knew that it had been told at this time the two ladies were left a great deal alone together in the drawing-room at the parsonage more perhaps than had ever yet been the case since lucy had been there lady lufton was away and therefore the almost daily visit to framley court was not made and mark in these days was a great deal at barchester having no doubt very onerous duties to perform before he could be admitted as one of the chapter he went into what he was pleased to call residence almost at once that is he took his month of preaching aiding also in some slight and very dignified way in the general sunday morning services he did not exactly live at barchester because the house was not ready that at least was the assumed reason the chattels of dr stanhope the late prebendary had not been as yet removed and there was likely to be some little delay creditors asserting their right to them this might have been very inconvenient to a gentleman anxiously expecting the excellent house which the liberality of past ages had provided for his youth but it was not so felt by mr robarts 
if dr stanhope's family or creditors would keep the house for the next twelve months he would be well pleased and by this arrangement he was enabled to get through his first month of absence from the church of framley without any notice from lady lufton seeing that lady lufton was in london all the time this also was convenient and taught our young prebendary to look on his new preferment more favourably than he had hitherto done fanny and lucy were thus left much alone and as out of the full head the mouth speaks so is the full heart more prone to speak at such periods of confidence as these lucy when she first thought of her own state determined to endow herself with a powerful gift of reticence she would never tell her love certainly but neither would she let concealment feed on her damask cheek nor would she ever be found for a moment sitting like patience on a monument she would fight her own fight bravely within her own bosom and conquer her enemy altogether she would either preach or starve or weary her love into subjection and no one should be a bit the wiser she would teach herself to shake hands with lord lufton without a quiver and would be prepared to like his wife amazingly unless indeed that wife should be griselda grantly such were her resolutions but at the end of the first week they were broken into shivers and scattered to the winds they had been sitting in the house together the whole of one wet day and as mark was to dine in barchester with the dean they had had dinner early eating with the children almost in their laps it is so that ladies do when their husbands leave them to themselves it was getting dusk towards evening and they were still sitting in the drawing-room the children now having retired when mrs robarts for the fifth time since her visit to hogglestock began to express her wish that she could do some good to the crawleys to grace crawley in particular who standing up there at her father's elbow learning greek irregular verbs had appeared to mrs robarts to be an especial object of pity i don't know how to set about it said mrs robarts now any allusion to that visit to hogglestock always drove lucy's mind back to the consideration of the subject which had most occupied it at the time she at such moments remembered how she had beaten puck and how in her half bantering but still too serious manner she had apologized for doing so and had explained the reason and therefore she could not interest herself about grace crawley as vividly as she should have done no one never does she said i was thinking about it all that day as i drove home said fanny the difficulty is this what can we do with her exactly said lucy remembering the very point of the road at which she had declared that she did like lord lufton very much if we could have her here for a month or so and then send her to school but i know mr crawley would not allow us to pay for her schooling i don't think he would said lucy with her thoughts far removed from mr crawley and his daughter grace and then we should not know what to do with her should we no you would not 
it would never do to have the poor girl about the house here with no one to teach her anything mark would not teach her greek verbs you know i suppose not lucy you are not attending to a word i say to you and i don't think you have for the last hour i don't believe you know what i am talking about oh yes i do grace crawley i'll try and teach her if you like only i don't know anything myself that's not what i mean at all and you know i would not ask you to take such a task as that on yourself but i do think you might talk it over with me might i very well i will what is it oh grace crawley you want to know who is to teach her the irregular greek verbs oh dear fanny my head does ache so pray don't be angry with me and then lucy throwing herself back on the sofa put one hand up painfully to her forehead and altogether gave up the battle mrs robarts was by her side in a moment dearest lucy what is it makes your headache so often now you used not to have those headaches it's because i'm growing stupid never mind we will go on about poor grace it would not do to have a governess would it i can see that you are not well lucy said mrs robarts with a look of deep concern what is it dearest i can see that something is the matter something the matter no there's not nothing worth talking of sometimes i think i'll go back to devonshire and live there i could stay with blanche for a time and then get a lodging in exeter go back to devonshire and mrs robarts looked as though she thought that her sister-in-law was going mad why do you want to go away from us this is to be your own own home always now is it then i am in a bad way oh dear oh dear what a fool i am what an idiot i've been fanny i don't think i can stay here and i do so wish i'd never come i do i do i do though you look at me so horribly and jumping up she threw herself into her sister-in-law's arms and began kissing her violently don't pretend to be wounded for you know that i love you you know that i could live with you all my life and think you were perfect as you are but has mark said anything not a word not a ghost of a syllable it is not mark oh fanny i am afraid i know what you mean said mrs robarts in a low tremulous voice and with deep sorrow painted on her face of course you do of course you know you have known it all along since that day in the pony carriage i knew that you knew it you did not dare to mention his name would not that tell me that you know it and i i am hypocrite enough for mark but my hypocrisy won't pass muster before you and now had i not better go to devonshire dearest dearest lucy was i not right about that labelling oh heavens what idiots we girls are that a dozen soft words should have bowled me over like a ninepin and left me without an inch of ground to call my own and i was so proud of my own strength so sure that i should never be missish and spoony and sentimental 
i was so determined to like him as mark does or you i shall not like him at all if he has spoken words to you that he should not have spoken but he has not and then she stopped a moment to consider no he has not he never said a word to me that would make you angry with him if you knew of it except perhaps that he called me lucy and that was my fault not his because you talked of soft words fanny you have no idea what an absolute fool i am what an unutterable ass the soft words of which i tell you were of the kind which he speaks to you when he asks you how the cow gets on which he sent you from ireland or to mark about ponto's shoulder he told me that he knew papa and that he was at school with mark and that as he was such good friends with you here at the parsonage he must be good friends with me too no it has not been his fault the soft words which did the mischief were such as those but how well his mother understood the world in order to have been safe i should not have dared to look at him but dearest lucy i know what you are going to say and i admit it all he is no hero there is nothing on earth wonderful about him i never heard him say a single word of wisdom or utter a thought that was akin to poetry he devotes all his energies to riding after a fox or killing poor birds and i never heard of his doing a single great action in my life and yet fanny was so astounded by the way her sister-in-law went on that she hardly knew how to speak he is an excellent son i believe at last she said except when he goes to gatherham castle i'll tell you what he has he has fine straight legs and a smooth forehead and a good-humoured eye and white teeth was it possible to see such a catalogue of perfections and not fall down stricken to the very bone but it was not that that did it all fanny i could have stood against that i think i could at least it was his title that killed me i had never spoken to a lord before oh me what a fool what a beast i have been and then she burst out into tears mrs robarts to tell the truth could hardly understand poor lucy's ailment it was evident enough that her misery was real but yet she spoke of herself and her sufferings with so much irony with so near an approach to joking that it was very hard to tell how far she was in earnest lucy too was so much given to a species of badinage which mrs robarts did not always quite understand that the latter was afraid sometimes to speak out what came uppermost to her tongue but now that lucy was absolutely in tears and was almost breathless with excitement she could not remain silent any longer dearest lucy pray do not speak in that way it will all come right things always do come right when no one has acted wrongly yes and nobody has done wrongly that's what papa used to call begging the question but i'll tell you what fanny i will not be beaten i will either kill myself or get through it 
i am so heartily self-ashamed that i owe it to myself to fight the battle out to fight what battle dearest this battle here now at the present moment i could not meet lord lufton i should have to run like a scared fowl if he were to show himself within the gate and i should not dare to go out of the house if i knew that he was in the parish i don't see that for i am sure you have not betrayed yourself well no as for myself i believe i have done the lying and the hypocrisy pretty well but dearest fanny you don't know half and you cannot and must not know but i thought you said there had been nothing whatever between you did i well to you i have not said a word that was not true i said that he had spoken nothing that it was wrong for him to say it could not be wrong but never mind i'll tell you what i mean to do i have been thinking of it for the last week only i shall have to tell mark if i were you i would tell him all what mark if you do fanny i'll never 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 speak to you again would you when i have given you all my heart in true sisterly love mrs robarts had to explain that she had not proposed to tell anything to mark herself and was persuaded moreover to give a solemn promise that she would not tell anything to him unless specially authorised to do so i'll go into a home i think continued lucy you know what those homes are mrs robarts assured her that she knew very well and then lucy went on a year ago i should have said that i was the last girl in england to think of such a life but i do believe now that it would be the best thing for me and then i'll starve myself and flog myself and in that way i'll get back my own mind and my own soul your own soul lucy said mrs robarts in a tone of horror well my own heart if you like it better but i hate to hear myself talking about hearts i don't care for my heart i'd let it go with this young popinjay lord or any one else so that i could read and talk and walk and sleep and eat without always feeling that i was wrong here 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 and she pressed her hand vehemently against her side what is it that i feel fanny why am i so weak in body that i cannot take exercise why cannot i keep my mind on a book for one moment why can i not write two sentences together why should every mouthful that i eat stick in my throat oh fanny is it his legs think you or is it his title through all her sorrow and she was very sorrowful mrs robarts could not help smiling and indeed there was every now and then something even in lucy's look that was almost comic she acted the irony so well with which she strove to throw ridicule on herself do laugh at me she said nothing on earth will do me so much good as that nothing unless it be starvation and a whip if you would only tell me that i must be a sneak and an idiot to care for a man because he is good-looking and a lord but that has not been the reason there is a great deal more in lord lufton than that and since i must speak dear lucy 
i cannot but say that i should not wonder at your being in love with him only only that only what come out with it do not mince matters or think that i shall be angry with you because you scold me only that i should have thought that you would have been too guarded to have have cared for any gentleman till till he had shown that he cared for you guarded yes that's it that's just the word but it's he that should have been guarded he should have had a fire-guard hung before him or a love-guard if you will guarded was i not guarded till you all would drag me out did i want to go there and when i was there did i not make a fool of myself sitting in a corner and thinking how much better placed i should have been down in the servants hall lady lufton she dragged me out and then cautioned me and then then why is lady lufton to have it all her own way why am i to be sacrificed for her i did not want to know lady lufton or any one belonging to her i cannot think that you have any cause to blame lady lufton nor perhaps to blame anybody very much well no it has been all my own fault though for the life of me fanny going back and back i cannot see where i took the first false step i do not know where i went wrong one wrong thing i did and it is the only thing that i do not regret what was that lucy i told him a lie mrs robarts was altogether in the dark and feeling that she was so she knew that she could not give counsel as a friend or a sister lucy had begun by declaring so mrs robarts thought that nothing had passed between her and lord lufton but words of most trivial import and yet she now accused herself of falsehood and declared that that falsehood was the only thing which she did not regret i hope not said mrs robarts if you did you were very unlike yourself but i did and were he here again speaking to me in the same way i should repeat it i know i should if i did not i should have all the world on me you would frown on me and be cold my darling fanny how would you look if i really displeased you i don't think you will do that lucy but if i told him the truth i should should i not speak now but no fanny you need not speak it was not the fear of you no nor even of her though heaven knows that her terrible glumness would be quite unendurable i cannot understand you lucy what truth or what untruth can you have told him if as you say there has been nothing between you but ordinary conversation lucy then got up from the sofa and walked twice the length of the room before she spoke mrs robarts had all the ordinary curiosity i was going to say of a woman but i mean to say of humanity and she had moreover all the love of a sister she was both curious and anxious and remained sitting where she was silent and with her eyes fixed on her companion did i say so lucy said at last no fanny you have mistaken me i did not say that ah yes 
about the cow and the dog all that was true i was telling you of what his soft words had been while i was becoming such a fool since that he has said more what more has he said lucy i yearn to tell you if only i can trust you and lucy knelt down at the feet of mrs robarts looking up into her face and smiling through the remaining drops of her tears i would fain tell you but i do not know you yet whether you are quite true i could be true true against all the world if my friend told me i will tell you fanny if you say that you can be true but if you doubt yourself if you must whisper all to mark then let us be silent there was something almost awful in this to mrs robarts hitherto since their marriage hardly a thought had passed through her mind which she had not shared with her husband but now all this had come upon her so suddenly that she was unable to think whether it would be well that she should become the depository of such a secret not to be mentioned to lucy's brother not to be mentioned to her own husband but whoever yet was offered a secret and declined it who at least ever declined a love secret what sister could do so mrs robarts therefore gave the promise smoothing lucy's hair as she did so and kissing her forehead and looking up into her eyes which like a rainbow were the brighter for her tears and what has he said to you lucy what only this that he asked me to be his wife lord lufton proposed to you yes proposed to me it is not credible is it you cannot bring yourself to believe that such a thing happened can you and lucy rose again to her feet as the idea of the scorn with which she felt that others would treat her with which she herself treated herself made the blood rise to her cheek and yet it is not a dream i think that it is not a dream i think that he really did think lucy well i may say that i am sure a gentleman would not make you a formal proposal and leave you in doubt as to what he meant oh dear no there was no doubt at all of that kind none in the least mr smith in asking miss jones to do him the honour of becoming mrs smith never spoke more plainly i was alluding to the possibility of having dreamt it all lucy well it was not a dream here standing here on this very spot on that flower of the carpet he begged me a dozen times to be his wife i wonder whether you and mark would let me cut it out and keep it and what answer did you make to him i lied to him and told him that i did not love him you refused him yes i refused a live lord there is some satisfaction in having that to think of is there not Annie, was i wicked to tell that falsehood and why did you refuse him why can you ask think what it would have been to go down to framley court and to tell her ladyship in the course of conversation that i was engaged to her son think of lady lufton but yet it was not that fanny 
had i thought that it was good for him that he would not have repented i would have braved anything for his sake even your frown for you would have frowned you would have thought it sacrilege for me to marry lord lufton you know you would mrs robarts hardly knew how to say what she thought or indeed what she ought to think it was a matter on which much meditation would be required before she could give advice and there was lucy expecting counsel from her at that very moment if lord lufton really loved lucy robarts and was loved by lucy robarts why should not they two become man and wife and yet she did feel that it would be perhaps not sacrilege as lucy had said but something almost as troublesome what would lady lufton say or think or feel what would she say and think and feel as to that parsonage from which so deadly a blow would fall upon her would she not accuse the vicar and the vicar's wife of the blackest ingratitude would life be endurable at framley under such circumstances as those what you tell me so surprises me that i hardly as yet know how to speak about it said mrs robarts it was amazing was it not he must have been insane at the time there can be no other excuse made for him i wonder whether there is anything of that sort in the family what madness said mrs robarts quite in earnest well don't you think he must have been mad when such an idea as that came into his head but you don't believe it i can see that and yet it is as true as heaven standing exactly here on this spot he said that he would persevere till i accepted his love i wonder what made me specially observe that both his feet were within the lines of that division and you would not accept his love no i would have nothing to say to it look you i stood here and putting my hand upon my heart for he bade me to do that i said that i could not love him and what then he went away with a look as though he were heartbroken he crept away slowly saying that he was the most wretched soul alive for a minute i believed him and could almost have called him back but no fanny do not think that i am over-proud or conceited about my conquest he had not reached the gate before he was thanking god for his escape that i do not believe but i do and i thought of lady lufton too how could i bear that she should scorn me and accuse me of stealing her son's heart i know that it is better as it is but tell me is a falsehood always wrong or can it be possible that the end should justify the means ought i to have told him the truth and to have let him know that i could almost kiss the ground on which he stood this was a question for the doctors which mrs robarts would not take upon herself to answer she would not make that falsehood matter of accusation but neither would she pronounce for it any absolution in that matter lucy must regulate her own conscience and what shall i do next said lucy still speaking in a tone that was half tragic and half jeering do said mrs robarts yes something must be done 
if i were a man i should go to switzerland of course or as the case is a bad one perhaps as far as hungary what is it that girls do they don't die nowadays i believe lucy i do not believe that you care for him one jot if you were in love you would not speak of it like that there there that's my only hope if i could laugh at myself till it had become incredible to you i also by degrees should cease to believe that i had cared for him but fanny it is very hard if i were to starve and rise before daybreak and pinch myself or do some nasty work clean the pots and pans and the candlesticks that i think would do the most good i have got a piece of sackcloth and i mean to wear that when i have made it up you are joking now lucy i know no by my word not in the spirit of what i am saying how shall i act upon my heart if i do not do it through the blood and the flesh do you not pray that god will give you strength to bear these troubles but how is one to word one's prayer or how even to word one's wishes i do not know what is the wrong that i have done i say it boldly in this matter i cannot see my own fault i have simply found that i have been a fool it was now quite dark in the room or would have been so to any one entering it afresh they had remained there talking till their eyes had become accustomed to the gloom and would still have remained had they not suddenly been disturbed by the sound of a horse's feet there is mark said fanny jumping up and running to the bell that lights might be ready when he should enter i thought he remained in barchester to-night and so did i but he said it might be doubtful what shall we do if he has not dined that i believe is always the first thought in the mind of a good wife when her husband returns home has he had his dinner what can i give him for dinner will he like his dinner oh dear oh dear there is nothing in the house but cold mutton but on this occasion the lord of the mansion had dined and came home radiant with good humour and owing perhaps a little of his radiance to the dean's claret i have told them said he that they may keep possession of the house for the next two months and they have agreed to that arrangement that is very pleasant said mrs robarts and i don't think we shall have so much trouble about the dilapidations after all i am very glad of that said mrs robarts but nevertheless she was thinking much more of lucy than of the house in barchester close you won't betray me said lucy as she gave her sister-in-law a parting kiss at night no not unless you give me permission ah i shall never do that End of chapter 26 Recording by Nick Whitley, Purley, United Kingdom